this is Justin, co-founder of SustainOSS. We have a special bonus episode that we're excited to share with you. It is a pilot for a new show about the intersections between open source and documentation. It's hosted by fellow sustainers, Portia Burton and Eric Holscher. Please send any feedback you have to hello at sustainoss.org or on Twitter at sustainoss. Thanks and enjoy. Hello there. My name is Portia. I am the owner of DocumentWrite, which is a technical documentation agency. I love to code. I love to write. Professionally, I specialize in creating engaging tutorials and automating the documentation process. When I'm not writing docs, I am usually on the beach in San Juan. Awesome. I'm Eric Holscher. I'm one of the co-founders of Read the Docs, Write the Docs, Ethical Ads, and Pi Cascades. <laughs> feel like the list getting a, a little awkwardly long at this point. It's kind of relevant. I usually leave off the Pi Cascades, but it's a very good open source thing. But yeah, my work is kind of working to elevate the status of documentation uh, in the software industry, both as a someone building tools for open source developers to work on software, as well as kind of building conferences and community around documentation. And then my other kind of passion is definitely the kind of sustainability part of it. So that's really what we're, what we're doing here, right? Talking about sustainability around open source and docs. And those are definitely two places that I've been spending a lot of time working on. So pretty excited to, to be here with Portia. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're excited to kind of test out this concept around kind of documentation and sustainability and all that kind of stuff. And, and one of the big things that we're figuring out here today is the vision and kind of figuring out what the podcast is going to look like. Uh, so Portia, I'm curious, what are you super excited to talk about in this, in this realm of the world? I am super excited about financial sustainability when it comes to open source projects. And one of the reasons why I am into documentation and technical content is because I think that technical content and documentation is a great way for open source projects to attract awareness of what they're doing. And I think that awareness translates into future investment opportunities and also like future clients if the open source project is more of an agency model. I got into documentation because, oh boy, this is turning into a long story. <laughs> no worries. It's a vision, right? There's got to be some depth there. <laughs> I guess, you know, the vision is I want to see open source developers get paid. And I'm just really frustrated or I was frustrated in the open source community because I have been in open source for about 10 years now. I started in the Beijing Linux users group and it just breaks my heart to see such talented, smart people not know how to make that next step and to be able to take a little bit of value or monetize basically the gifts they put out in the world. So I am drawn to entrepreneurship and I felt that open source really lacked a space for entrepreneurs. When I um, first started a business, like the only advice I got was you should find a VC to fund your project, or you can go to a hackathon and maybe a company will fund you. Or I had friends who had these tip jars for open source projects 
that companies like Google need it in order to keep some of their products up and running. And just the discrepancy between the amount of value open source developers put out in the world and the amount of value that comes back to them sent me on this mission to find ways where developers can code and create, but they can also find sustainable ways to monetize. And that's where I come in when it comes to like documentation. Because I think documentation is a form of ethical like content marketing. And I wish that we have more of these conversations about content marketing. Yes. You know, I can't tell you how happy and included I feel that you said that out loud, Eric, because I feel like I have this dirty secret that I think (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have this dirty secret and it's it's me like tiptoeing around the open source establishment of how do I introduce this concept of documentation as content marketing without being feather and booed. So I feel seen, Eric. Thank you. (laughs) Totally. No, it's one of my uh, soapboxes I'll stand on as well, right? I mean, it's one of those classic things that I've talked about for years is in the software ecosystem, documentation is a huge part of how people get involved with projects. A classic example that I always use is like, imagine you hear about a new project, you go to the GitHub repo and you're like, oh, there's no readme. I'm totally going to use that project, right? Like that, that doesn't happen. It's really is like the documentation is that core part of that kind of user journey. And that is marketing. But I, I do think, yeah, marketing and documentation are both words that have historically not been super loved in the software industry. So you're like, we're taking two of your least favorite things and putting them together. <laughs> That's a big reason why I actually created Document, right? Because I didn't think there was a company that would allow me to just go crazy with documentation and really push that ethos of documentation as content marketing. So I saw a need and I saw like the best way for me to create that need was document, right? So that's why it's really passionate for me to like talk about this subject. And that's probably why I'm not as eloquent and I don't have these really short bullet points because it comes really near and dear to my heart. Totally. No, I think that's the beauty of it. And yeah, so I guess I can take a little bit of that lead. And when you talk about documentation and sustainability, I think it is this kind of, I've lived that reality, right? I went through the whole process of building an open source thing that was depended on by millions of people and then almost burning out and feeling that kind of, yeah, having the tip jar. (laughs) Like that was my lived reality. And that's been a a huge passion for me that comes, you know, having experienced that and coming out the other side with a couple different companies and communities that are becoming more sustainable. And yeah, it's one of those things that really brings me a lot of joy is seeing success in open source and and people getting paid for the work that they're doing. And really, yeah, just talking more about it and talking about how documentation is a, a huge part of that, how it plays into the product process, into the marketing process, into the sustainability process. I mean, a, a huge part of the sustainability story for a lot of projects is sponsorship in their documentation pages, sponsorship on their GitHub. This all kind of ties together into a some ways to think about sustainability that isn't, you know, yeah, VC or a tip jar. (laughs) Uh, And I think it's, yeah, there's a lot of of interesting talk that we can think through around how docs play into that, as well as just how good documentation is an important part of any any open source product. And so you're certainly not going to have success with sponsorship or success with any sustainability story without a really solid kind of foundation of documentation and a large user base that comes from having really solid documentation. 
Eric, you've been at this longer than me. Can you tell me what does a conversation look like when you're talking to an open source project, a maintainer of an open source project about economic sustainability and its connection to documentation? Like, what does that conversation look like? To be honest, I don't know if that conversation is is happening a lot right now, which is part of what we're trying to do here, right? Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's one of the the things that I don't have a, a perfect vision for, right, is how those things connect. I have a lot of threads and, and strands that I can pull on, but I really do think that like, yeah, figuring out what the full kind of vision and story and, you know, I think with like the open source kind of ecosystem with sustain the design side of things, really thinking through what is, yeah, what is the full kind of landscape of sustainability and project sustainability and project kind of tasks and roles look like, especially outside of the coding kind of focused realm. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that conversation is, has happened too much. I like I write the docs events. It, it can. So I have another question for you, Eric, could you tell us a bit about ethical ads? Because that is another structure for open source projects to be able to have some economic sustainability. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of that is tinted with my background. We really did build it for Read the Docs, which is a large documentation hosting platform. You know, we host docs for a lot of projects. (laughs) And we were really looking for that sustainability story. And advertising is one of the ways. But I think, you know, developers know kind of all the issues with online advertising around privacy and and everything else. So yeah, it's definitely ethical ads is our approach to ads that is hopefully trying to not have all the problems. <laughs> uh, we basically <laughs> just show ads based on content of pages, right? And we're, we're also looking at that sponsorship model around open source, not just like commodity advertising sold, but also that kind of avenue towards something like Django REST framework or some of these other projects that I've seen that yeah, or monetizing kind of development with marketing, with sponsorship in this kind of bundle. And one of the big benefits there is the logos in, in various places, but it's selling the development work as well. We're thinking a lot in that, that space around how do we make projects more sustainable? How do we build those kind of partnerships with people like Tidelift and other folks in the ecosystem that are really trying to build that story around sustainability? I love it. Sponsorship model is a model that you see in other industries, such as like fitness and beauty. And it's definitely something that open source projects could emulate as well. And it's also a good incentive for why projects should write and tell their story. I mean, if they get enough people reading their story, reading the content, then that's a great way for sponsors or sponsors within the technical community to be able to put out their ethical ads. I know for me, when I see an ad on like Django REST framework, or when I see an ad about a new framework or a new like CICD tool, I actually welcome it. It's like, oh, wow, this is really useful. And I think just to have more people like educate, number one, educate themselves and see that this model actually exists and find an ethical way to embrace it, I think is really important and definitely like a service to the community. So that's why I'm really excited about ethical ads, Eric. I think you're really leading the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I know there's some other folks in the, the sustained ecosystem, Eric Berry, Justin as well, who's like producing this podcast, some other folks, you know, that have <laughs> definitely been on that journey with us as well. So 
It's, it's Thanks, definitely, Justin. you know, <laughs> a lot of other folks involved in that vision. But yeah, no, we're, we're super excited to have that opportunity. And I, I really do think, you know, in, in a lot of ways, advertising isn't the answer. It's very linear. If all you're selling is advertising, it is kind of a limited way. Like you have to get really big before it becomes sustainable. But when you kind of start bundling it with that development, with that roadmap prioritization, with that priority support into something that looks more like a sponsorship, that's where you can really start to see the, the sustainability drop down to a much smaller number of sponsors, much more kind of focused thing, right? It's not, you're not just selling ads, you're, you're really selling that tool and that shared development cost across an ecosystem. But a huge part of that is documentation. And the documentation is kind of the core part that really brings people into the project. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's all very intertwined and, you know, the docs and, and that kind of area of things are, are a huge kind of touch point. It's where you're going to be promoting your sponsorships. It's where you're going to be kind of fulfilling a lot of the, the marketing value for your sponsors, as well as kind of the marketing for the project itself, right? <laughs> like like right. what you were speaking of, right? It's actually getting more users. With that sponsorship model, people generally use your software before they sponsor it. So it's kind of, you have that pipeline of people turning from user, you know, they're random person on the internet, they come to your documentation. Hopefully you convert them with a tutorial or something into a user base. And then eventually they bring that into their company. They start to really depend on that. It becomes a core dependency of their organization. And then they're going to convert into a sponsor and they're going to have some development priorities or they're going to have some feedback and they're going to really want to engage more deeply. And that's, yeah, it's kind of the sustainability funnel around that sponsorship model that's almost fully focused on documentation. I like a lot of what you said. One of the things that really stood out was that multi-pronged funding model. I think we also need to have more conversations in the open source community about having different revenue streams as opposed to like depending on one. What do those revenue streams look like? And what is the percentage of those revenue streams that will help your product or project or business? The other thing that really stood out is the funnel. And you see this in other industries when it comes to getting someone to use your tool, it's very rare for someone to just go on your website and then say, yes, I am going to spend my whole weekend trying to implement your tool, even though there is no documentation, there is no blog, <laughs> and, I and I don't really know which problem you're solving. So realistically, to build awareness, you have to have like that content funnel that uh, those content breadcrumbs. I think it's really important for companies to learn. Yes, it's not only important for you to be technically gifted and competent, but you also have to tell the story in order for someone to know why they should spend their time. It's not only about money, but it's also about, are you being respectful of that person's time? When someone spends 10 minutes or even 10 hours, that is something they're giving you. They're giving you, if it's not money, their attention. And how you earn that attention really comes down to having clear documentation, having a clear point about which problem you're solving, being really sensitive to people at different levels. It's great to have beginner documentation, but what about that person who already knows your tool and who has like intermediate problems? And your intermediate to advanced users are probably the users that are closest to the ones who would actually pay for a subscription or who would actually use the product in production. So it's really important to have not just content shouldn't just exist, 
but content should also have a purpose. And sometimes that purpose is not monetizing right away. It's a relationship. You don't ask for money when you meet someone in 10 seconds, like in 10 seconds, hey, can we make this year long commitment where you send me $50 every month? Anyone online or offline, most people would say no. And you have to build that relationship. And building that relationship really comes down to having timely and empathetic content. I love it. I feel like we're just like reiterating and and really kind of like building on each other's points. I I think we have very similar points of view and hopefully we haven't scared people away by saying things like funnel. I think we we dove right in there with the marketing jargon. Money. You know, know, Eric, you said funnel first. I'm like, you know what? The doors are open. (laughs) (laughs) No, totally. Yeah. It's it's interesting. That line has been crossed. I think when we say funnel, don't get scared and think it's like this like dehumanizing marketing term. Like in a lot of ways, it's much more about building community, building a user base. It's all the stuff that the successful projects are already doing. You can almost think about it as like engaging with people more deeply over time, like you would any community member or, or anything like this. Yeah, it's these things that people are interested. They're becoming a user. They're becoming a, a contributor or someone who's you know on your GitHub issues or whatever. And then their company is becoming a sponsor. Marketers talk about that as moving down a funnel, but it's also just building engagement and, and really, you know, getting that meaningful value out of doing open source and, and really having those connections with people using your code are really powerful outcomes. And so, yeah, I think it's, you know, in some ways that some of the marketing language can feel dehumanizing, but if the actual implementation of it is super validating as an author and, and something that's actually really meaningful and enjoyable in my experience. So I think it's, it's super exciting. Yeah. And if anything, it's the content that's making your project humanizing. And when you write documentation, when you write your blog posts, you're actively finding your people. And how beautiful is that? And so that's how I also look at it. (laughs) And so that's how I look at it as well. I think it's super powerful to kind of make sure we're reiterating the, the positive kind of social aspects as well. What I want to tell folks is this podcast, we're going to talk about how you can leverage documentation, how you can leverage content to bring more people, more attention, and more funding to your products. We're going to talk to experts who know how to write content in an engaging way. We're going to interview people that talks about the importance of content having goals. And we're going to talk to people who have successfully built projects and used great documentation and use content as the pillar of their success. Yeah. You see these like Twitter threads where people are like, what are the best open source doc projects or whatever? And yeah, like we should be talking to all those people. Like this is your place. Yeah, I think it's going to be super exciting. And yeah, I think some episodes will be more sustainability focused, some will be more docs focused, and some will will have a really lovely crossover. And so, yeah, I think it'll be really exciting. I'm enjoying kind of the opportunity to hopefully bring in some folks from the Write the Docs community. There's a lot of people I've met over the years doing really, really cool documentation stuff at some big companies around open source as well. So yeah, I think we definitely want to kind of have a a pretty well-rounded, you know, people doing community open source, corporate open source, people that are on solo projects. There's a wide range of, of different people in the ecosystem and, and different ways to fund and think about 
all the documentation related stuff that we uh, were excited for. Yeah. And I get to say the word funnel. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I know what our logo is going to (laughs) be. Maybe maybe the unofficial mascot. I get to talk about funnels. I can use the word money. I can use the word revenue and profit. So that's why it's taken me a while to calm down because I get to talk about all of these things that I usually feel is really taboo to talk about in open source communities. Totally. And I'm just remembering, I ran into this thing in the the DevRel world called kind of the orbit model or something. And I do think that was kind of a way of rebranding funnels Uh in a way that's a little bit less kind of loaded already. I think talking about all this kind of stuff is really interesting because I think it is. Yeah. Like to your point, it's, it's something that's been taboo. I do think the, the open source community is changing. I've seen dramatic changes in the past, you know, 10 years around people's approach to open source, people's relationship with money. There, there used to be this like dogma that it just like wouldn't possibly work and open source will like, you know, it'll be tainted by money. <laughs> I think a lot of people are finding ways to make it work. And I'm super excited to be part of that conversation and, and bringing it kind of forward and in the realm of docs as well, which is another often under-talked about thing in the, the open source community, in my experience. <laughs> wow. When I first started, like docs was considered the backwaters of an engineering team. Docs was a place where you started out and you tried to work your way into a respectable job, which was being like a software engineer. And in terms of money, I had to say that was the most off-putting part about open source. We have a lot of talks about open source being inclusive and diversity. And one of the biggest problems I've had in feeling included in open source was having conversations about money, like conversations about, and when I say money, not just in how am I going to feed myself and what, what my budget looks like, but in terms of building organizations of value. And I think this podcast is also bringing in more people into the fold. I think there are many people who do care about business, who do care about creating for-profit industries, and they're looking for their home and they're looking for their place in open source. Yeah, no, I I think it's an an exciting time to kind of see that change and and people really be taking it a little bit more seriously. I mean, you see, to your point earlier, all the value that the, you know, these multi-billion dollar companies are making on top of open source and, and really, yeah, finding ways to, to feed that back into the ecosystem and, and also just make the experience of working in open source. You know, I think we got into docs to make it a little bit better as a user. Kind of, I, I know you've talked on this a, a few times uh, today as well, just having that respect for the user. I could go on for the, about this for a little <laughs> while, but But, you know, really, yeah, just like that kind of like gateway into the software industry is gated by terrible docs. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so many people, you, I just think about the person who's dropped from a boot camp and they go into the ecosystem of software or whatever, and they're trying to learn how to be a developer and they run into so many terrible documentation sites and and software that they actually think the problem is them when actually the problem is, is the terrible state of documentation and, and many parts of the ecosystem and, Working to improve that situation is a huge benefit to lots of people. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that angle, but yeah, it used to be worse where if you were new, I forgot what the acronym is, 
and it was RTFM. (laughs) RTFM. (laughs) And it was like, if you can't parse whatever help shows you in the terminal, then maybe you're in the wrong field. And I love having basic documentation in the terminal and I can just put in the word help and I'll be able to get some information, but I am glad that we're evolving in terms of usability. Totally. Maybe this will be a a few episodes of the podcast throughout time, but there's, yeah, there's so many huge benefits to having really good documentation, even outside of the existing user base around, you know, translation and accessibility. And yeah, there's so many different ways to just kind of writing things down and, and making it accessible to the world. There's lots of ways that we can explore the opportunities that that creates in the ecosystem and, you know, making sure people actually have the money to fund the creation of that content is super important. I do think that, you know, things like documentation, things like project management are places where injecting money into open source can make a huge difference because they do tend to be seen as those tasks that people don't want to do, right? And a lot of the, a lot of my experience with money in open source is that people are intrinsically motivated more often to write features and to, to kind of build the stuff that they want. But it's really all the other stuff, the release management, the documentation, the uh, testing, the the dealing with support and questions that people aren't as intrinsically motivated. That's where money can make a huge, huge difference. And so, yeah, I do think sustainability flows directly to the experience of, of users, the accessibility of projects and the quality of documentation in the ecosystem. And so I think they're intrinsically linked in, in some really interesting ways that, that we'll have to have to dive into. <laughs> yeah, like documentation, I think has evolved from the pink collar portion of the engineering department now to someone said like a profit center. And this podcast is going to talk about in detail the different ways that good content and documentation makes up the profit center of a company. That's going to be super interesting. I feel like we've kind of waxed poetic here about a good number of topics. We've put some good teasers out for future episodes. That sounds great. I've waxed all the poetry that I have for today. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Thanks again. Thank you, everyone. This was a privilege. 